Gems of Youth Work, Sharing Precious Practices. Welcome to Gems of Youth Work, Sharing Precious Practices. I'm your host, Markus Fretscher, and in today's episode, we have with us Susan Nicodemi from the UK. She's a youth worker who's very passionate about bringing together practice, research, and policy. And today specifically, she will be talking with us about the practical guide for community impact within which you can find a model of impact, but also the findings of looking at different type of learning mobility projects and what impact was achieved and what practices are there when we design and implement projects in a way to reach impact. Hey, good afternoon, Susie. Thank you for joining our podcast. Hello, nice to be here. <laughs> Hi, Susie. So as it is the custom in our podcast series, first, we would kindly invite you to tell us where you're connecting from, where you're actually physically sitting right now. Right. Well, um, I'm sitting on a, on a swirly chair in front of a desk in my daughter's bedroom. Um, in my house, I'm surrounded by toys and gadgets and uh, maths things and hair grips. Um, and uh, I'm in the town of Winchester in the UK, which is a small ancient capital of the country. All right. Connecting from Winchester in UK. Um, and how could people imagine you? I mean, you're famous for sure. But in case somebody doesn't know you <laughs> and just listens to your voice now, what image could the person have in their head? How would you describe yourself or how would a colleague describe you if that's easier? Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm somebody who's quite mm, passionate and enthusiastic about um, international things and learning mobility. Um, I really love inter intercultural, international um, opportunities and ways of learning stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm somebody who uh, works on lots of different projects for all sorts of different levels, um, uh, lots of local things and lots of international things. And most of the time I sit here um, uh, in, because of COVID and lockdown and these things recently, I sit here looking at my computer and then looking out the window for inspiration of how to make the world a better place. That leads me to the next question. You said how to make the world a better place. What's the story of you and youth work in a nutshell? Yeah, super shortly. And what's your passion in youth work? So what's your relation with youth work and what's your passion to work in this underpaid and hard field? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, Okay, so uh, it's over 30 years ago, um, I was involved in scouting and guiding and uh, all sorts of things as, as a young person myself and then as a leader. And then uh, youth work actually saw me through university. Um, I studied completely other topics, but um, in my holidays and my free time, I volunteered and got a bit paid for some of the things I did. And that helped me a little bit with money and a little bit with uh, friends and a little bit with opportunities. Um, and uh, it actually helped me get my first job um, at the National Agency when I left. Uh, I worked there for quite a long time, um, also with uh, working with Salto. Um, and then after I had kids, I went over to the other side to become <laughs> <laughs> the dark side, the light side, I don't know, um, to become uh, an applicant. 
um, and much more of an activist. Uh, uh, lots of lots of years trying to fight Brexit and trying to trying to keep internationalism um, alive. Um, and I realised how how hard work it is to to motivate and activate learning mobility projects. Um, and I'm still working working hard at that one. And my passion for it um, uh, it comes from kind of combining my head head, heart and skills, I think. It's a kind of full body thing where um, I get in excited, I meet wonderful, interesting people, I learn, I grow, and we kind of make a difference between what, in what we do. So I get kind of um, recognition and um, happiness from it. Getting to know the case. So Susie, today you're actually here to tell us about a practical guide on community impact. Before going on the findings and definitions, what are the origins of this project? So why did this project research happen and, and who was involved? Give us a bit of context on this. Yeah, so um, I'm connected through the, uh, the European Platform for Learning Mobility, right? And that's loads and loads of different stakeholders on a European level that bring together practice, policy, and research around the needs of young people and learning mobility. And it's been going for quite a long time and been doing all sorts of projects about inclusion and other things. And um, quite a few years ago, there was a bit, bit of a push and an emphasis on uh, the research related to the impact and effect of learning mobility projects. And uh, um, yeah, a bit more of a focus on community impact. There were a lot of um, researchers gathered together. There was also a big event that the EPLM helped make happen that I was also involved in the team um, in Ostend in Belgium, looking at um, the um, effects uh, of learning mobility projects on communities. So we had all this research and we had this big event and we had all these outcomes and all these like interesting stuff. And Myself, with some other people involved in the EPLM, we decided that that needed to be translated and mm -hmm. made much more accessible for grass, grassroots people. Um, there were quite a lot of long words. There were quite a lot of um, scientific references. And some of the basic elements, uh, we felt, needed to be made much more accessible and, and um, incorporated in like everyday youth work and everyday life. So uh, working together with the Youth Partnership and also the Resource Centre of the Solidarity Corps, um, we started to put together all that stuff in more plain language, plain English, um, in, a, in a nice little report. And then to try to make it even more accessible, we wanted to transfer all those concepts into something a bit more visual um, to not make it a 200-page PDF document that people don't have time to read. Excellent. Now that you've given us a bit of, of context, you mentioned learning mobility. So that's the area we're looking at. And you mentioned communities. How would you define a community? And give you, can you give us of some examples of communities that could be involved in learning mobilities? Without talking about the impact and the effects, just what is community and some examples of communities in learning mobilities? Well, that's a really good question because actually that was one of the one of the blocking points or the challenges or the outcomes, whatever, one of the things that which really came 
um, obvious during our project and afterwards as we start to, to roll it out with people. Because actually, what is community? What does it mean? Right? Most people could list or think about different communities that you belong to, different parts of your identity, like, um, I don't know, different sports groups or, or different uh, political elements that you believe in or like different parts of you like layers of your identity and then how that links to others who have similar values or interests and and you could probably list quite a few of them um, so when you talk about communities in plural I think there's more or less an understanding between people but when you start to talk about what does community mean and how you define it or or maybe even if you ask this question to yourself, what what is what what is not community? Like, where is the line? Where is the end? The frame of it? Then it starts to get really philosophical and cultural and quite different for different people in different places. Um, so there's definitely a need for some discussion about that and for people to understand it a bit um, and to work out this uh, this line of, of what it means. From all the main research that we were involved in um, and the line that we took uh, to condense and to try to make it like an accessible um, phrase, an accessible concept, um, the, the main common elements from most of the research is community has a sense of belonging. It has responsibility, accountability and a sense of belonging. And you could maybe think then of many communities that you belong to and think how that sense of belonging works for you. So it could also be online, for instance, if I feel part of an, if I feel like belonging to an online community of a certain group. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be in all sorts of, all sorts of ways. It can be something really local and geographical mm -hmm. um, and it could be something um, that's not physical, as you say, maybe um, online or, or, yeah, different um, different ways of connecting to uh, concepts or things that you feel that you belong to. Right. So it can also be a community of practice, for instance, like youth workers. No, it would be a community also. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Good. So we have learning mobility. We have community. Now let's attack the next big word: impact. No? Flipping through the the guide, I saw there's a whole model behind no theory of change and difference between output outcome impact intended impact non-intended impact can you walk us through this whole model and terminology behind yeah absolutely this is where we get to the exciting bit right because for me actually i i i, I state very plainly i am not an academic i am not a researcher and actually in the past um i found words in um, impact outcome output I'm like, don't they all mean the same things? And, um, and when you have to write a different word on the uh, application form and then you have to try and find another phrasing for the report form and you think, well, actually, wasn't that kind of what we were doing anyway? Um, so I think it's really important for people to, to overcome the fear, as I'm trying to do myself as well, overcome this fear of these things being, um, yeah, philosophical concepts that are far away. And, and they're actually like real stuff, like tangible things that most of us do in our everyday life right so impact is actually the change or the difference that something makes so you and this is where it's important to have like a baseline so you have a starting baseline um point and then you you're something happens like a project or an activity or something happens and then something changes 
And it's that change, that difference between the baseline and then afterwards, that's impact. Okay. Uh, what's quite important related to this is that there are um, uh, several people who are trying to encourage um, <clears throat> more of a focus on this and giving support and tools and things. So, for example, in the Dutch National Agency, they developed this um, uh, impact tool where they're trying to encourage people to have the change that they want, I feel a bit like Gandhi now, the change that you want to see in the world um, is actually your objective. So it's actually like, let's work out what we want to change, right? That's what we're aiming for, right? That's the aim. Now let's work out how to get there. So mm -hmm. incorporating this, this impact change as objectives can really help people um, uh, make it tangible, make it like a real thing instead of an academic concept. Um, and... There's all sorts of different types of impact, different types of change that can happen through these things. So you can have direct impact where something physically changes. You can have indirect impact. You can have something that's intended, like something specific that you're aiming towards. But then you could also have unintended where you did your project and something you didn't plan at all happened. Um, and and you, you didn't um, plan for it at all. And it happened anyway. Um, and then out of all those different types of impact, you can have positive um, results or negative results of this impact. So there's loads of different facets and angles to do with, with impact. So to, to make it tangible, maybe, because I, as you said, sometimes it's hard when we design and run projects to understand what is the impact, what is the outcome, etc. Um, you mentioned before making the world a better place. Is this, is this an impact or is this too fuzzy? On what level do we see the impact? Maybe you can give some example no, of, of a project or of a learning mobility. What would be an output? What would be an outcome? What would be an impact? Yeah, well, this one I can do. Um, I, I did have like a really interesting long conversation with a few people about this. right? And there were some academics and researchers. And then there was, a, there was a, a really lovely youth worker woman who was like, yeah, but can you just explain it to me? Like, what does that really mean if I'm doing a local project? Um, so we came up between us, we came up with this uh, example about a local park. Right. So if you imagine um, you've got your local park and it's not a great place to be right now. Um, there's loads of rubbish everywhere and it's not, you know, there's loads of stuff on the floor and it's not very nice. It's not very welcoming. So you could have, for example, um, you could have an output where you have more litter bins. So you put lots and lots of bins in this park and physically you have this output where you have these like furniture in the park, which helps with the litter. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's your output. Mm -hmm. The outcome of the project could be then that you have a cleaner park. Right? So you've got this furniture as an output. The park is cleaner outcome. Impact, more people would come to the park. All so right. those are three distinct things which you can see um, how they link together. But they are, yeah, they're definitely distinct. And you can transfer that to all kinds of projects. I mean, that's a really simple example. But Excellent. That helps. So the impact is the effect of of the outputs and outcomes. If we talk about learning, as we said, learning, learning mobilities, when we have, for instance, a volunteering mobility or a training course and people build up competences, is this the outcome or the impact? Or is the impact that later they have a higher employability whatsoever because of the race competences? Oh, I'm loving this question. Right. It's been two and a half years we've been working on this. I admit straight away, I'm not an academic and I haven't read the 500 million papers that there are related to this topic. Right. Um, and every time 
I, I write a little WhatsApp to the team and I say, tell me again, was competence change an impact or not? So is it about... <laughs> so it it's about, debated, yeah? Yeah, it's definitely debated. <laughs> all right, all right. Some people think, um, uh, from what I understand, competence change is an impact. Um, the person, it's a direct impact of the participant or the or the youth leader, whatever, the youth worker, um, that was involved in the project. And then they have developed something and that has impacted, that has changed them. And then there is the change that happens because they have changed. And those are two different things, right? Um, although I'm still confused whether that's an outcome or an impact or whatever. But that's okay that I'm confused, right? Because we don't all have to be experts. <laughs> um, but the fact that we're talking about it and trying to understand it, that's the important bit. And that's what we're trying to do with our with our practical guide. We're trying to get people to raise awareness and start asking questions and to start debating it and talking about it together. <laughs> And uh, how would you recognize impact or change? Now you said you start by thinking, what change do you want to see? Are there any tips on how to see that change has happened? Because if it happens inside persons, how can you find out? Yeah, well, then there's the whole thing about, um, well, there's two, two, two elements to this, right? One thing is about measuring change. Mm -hmm. So there's the aspect of having ways to measure change. So if you think back to your school lessons about quantitative and qualitative and uh, that, that moment where you had to go on the Excel sheet and try and remember where the graph button was and, and all that. So there, there are mathematical, statistical ways of calculating quantitative change and how many people were involved and um, yeah, all that kind of stuff and before and after statistics on graphs. Um, a lot of decision makers and policy makers, they like a good statistic. Um, it also looks really good in report forms when you get money from a grant. It's always nice to say we add this many males and this many females and this many other whatever. Um, and, and people um, uh, very often um, react to statistical uh, results. But a lot of impact, especially in youth work, is qualitative and measured through qualitative ways mm -hmm. and this is where i would really really encourage and push um this idea of youth workers becoming um like field researchers themselves i would really love to push the training the support the networking the idea of like learning upskilling um first to be able to show the impact of what they do to show that um good work is done and that it's recognized to encourage all the different types of tools that there are out there to, to share them and to learn how to use them um, and to be able to adapt and improve current projects and then also to think about like future projects, how they can have more impact. So there are loads and loads of different ways of measuring this impact. And there's some simple things like um, uh, writing diaries, like having people directly involved in the project and also people around the project, people in the community, right? community impact so not just the direct people but the others um uh documenting the changes that they see and when you talk about documenting you can also use for example it doesn't have to be written especially if you're working like with fewer opportunities and stuff you can grab a phone camera or some kind of visual um before and after to show effects um and i would really love sorry i'm on a soapbox now but i would really love if there was a way that programs and grant funding and mobility things could recognize 
um, these kind of uh, impacts and the ways that they are shown that we move away from the statistical results of things. And if you change one young person's life in a really strong way, that is a valid project. Um, just because you didn't reach 45 uh, equal males and females, it doesn't mean that the project is a failure, right? So this pushing to prove and show the impact and um, learning to use qualitative tools and um, hopefully persuading policymakers that that is equally valid, that's what we're trying to do right now with this. That's great and very encouraging what you said, because I, I guess that's what uh, that's a bit scary, no? Sometimes when implementing learning mobility projects and we have to think about impact and describe it and impact on European level, etc. To to keep it real. It's just one project in the end and we're changing parts of people's life, no? And not whole systems with one project. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there can be this kind of macro level policy mm -hmm. development and change from some of the projects that might happen, right? But um, it's it's also okay if it's just one young person on the micro level who's directly involved. Um, yeah, that's that's also fantastic. And um, I think sometimes it's a little bit too much judgmental attitude towards the expected outcomes of things. Or is it an output? <laughs> yeah. Great. Thank you for clarifying the, the models and giving some examples. What what were some of the main findings? If yeah, because I believe you looked at at some projects and analyzed the types of community impact. No. What what kind of community impact could you find at least in your research? So maybe yeah. this helps us also to think what what we could reach with our projects and how to describe. You know, in what areas can there be change or, or community impact? Yeah, I mean, there are loads and uh, we gathered a few. Um, I would really love it if there could be some process of um, building on that and for other people to to give their ideas and their experiences and to make it a wider resource so people could look at it and say, aha, yeah, actually my project relates to this little bit. This is actually what I, I'm aiming for and to make it a bit of a wider bank or library of, of possibilities that people could aim for. Um, uh so some of the examples um, would be um, physical change, um, especially local projects um, or where kind of groups of, of young people get together. Um, there can be uh, some improvement in the environment or the infrastructure or in the health and well-being of the people there. So this kind of physical development that is quite easy to, to measure before and after, right? Especially if you... I don't know, build a youth club or something. You've got a before and after and it's really obvious. Mm -hmm. um, um, other areas would be um, where awareness is raised, especially on minority issues. Um, and this is really important also with this kind of um, uh, this community, thinking of like other actors in the community and other networks and intergenerational, that kind of thing. Social capital, this would be another really important one, uh, interesting one about the connections, the trust, the networking, the bonding within existing groups, within existing communities, but also the bridging um, to other ones. And this also relates a lot to sustainability. We love one of those horizontal uh, priorities for the European programmes. <laughs> Tick that box. So the, the connection between sustainability and community impact is really, really strong. Um, uh, there's a whole whole load of stuff about the more people that you get involved, the, the higher the awareness, and then the longer longer term ownership from a wider group of people and um, the possibility for future projects and co-funding and recognition, like all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's that angle. System changes. Uh, it could be 
um, policies or procedures that are changed on a local, regional, national, international, imagine, that would be amazing. Uh, there could be more services provided, uh, an increase of resources for a particular need. There can be uh, effects on different people. If you think of concentric circles, there can be um, effects on um, on the on them as people. So here we go about the competence development and then what changes because they have changed. So the two sides of that angle. So there's the actual young people and the staff that were directly involved um, in the project. And then there were those that were impacted by the project directly and indirectly. And then there were those that were affected by the results of the project directly and indirectly. And then those that are just vaguely aware of the project, like even if they've just seen a poster on a lamppost, um, there has been some change in, in the wider community for that. And then the last thing I would say related to that is that different types of projects uh, would have different, are more able to have different types of impact, right? So if you're doing um, a local local project where you want to change something in your own community, um, it would probably have more of an effect, more of an impact on reinforcing communities of interest or improving cross-sectorial relationships or intergenerational connection or something like that, right? But if you're going to do something international like volunteering or youth exchanges, this kind of thing, then there's this whole element of um, interculturality and understanding and adaptation and language and and maybe even this kind of inter international um this is kind of social capital as well, I guess, but international connection between organisations where you could combine co-funding or learn from each other or, um, yeah, share practice between um, different youth leaders, that kind of thing. And again, that links to sustainability. Mm -hmm. From all these findings, was there something that surprised you <laughs> or made you proud, motivated you, something that was encouraging? From the findings themselves... I don't know, I was so deep in it for so long, that's probably quite hard to say. But we had a seminar in October where we had a um, we presented the this practical guide for the first time to people in the field with youth workers and things like this. And uh, the response from them was, um, we, my manager needs to see this. Like, um, I need to show my manager that what I do is important and I want them to understand this impact of what we're doing. And I want them to then be able to sell it to policymakers. So there was a um, there was a reaction from the field that this is really needed and that it's something that could, oh, oh here we go into like different dimensions. So the, 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 the project on community impact would have an impact then on communities. So um, it would be... Um, uh, not just the people doing the projects, but then the other people around them that would become more aware of community impact. You know what I mean? So there's this mm -hmm. upskilling of youth workers directly, um, encouraging people to become researchers, and then they, in a community impact way, would connect then with others who then encourage them to start thinking about it too. So kind of proud that the way that we made it, hopefully, I mean, the idea of the visuals that we've made that accompany the, the longer text document is that it can be used as a tool to explain things to different audiences. And it was a first try and maybe some of them need to be adapted or there could be some elements of it that could be built on, that kind of thing. Um, but it's kind of proud that it's kickstarting something and people are saying that it's needed. So it's always good to be needed, right? <laughs> And a bit of a provocative question, you know, there's people who say, like, what are you doing in international youth work? What is this learning mobility about? It's just wasting money for people to have fun. 
So what can we answer? What impact do we have other than having fun internationally? <laughs> and without using these big words, like what is concrete impact we have? Or don't we? <laughs> I, love, I love a good hard question that I haven't prepared for. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's like when you go for an interview and then you think you prepare for it all and then they say, right, let me just ask you one more question. Right, impact. No, don't learn. say that you're a perfectionist. That's the standard no. answer when you're not prepared. <laughs> Exactly. I, I work too hard at a team. I always give more than I should. Um, the, um, right. For me, it's so obvious that it's always difficult to explain it. It's like when you try to explain to your family what you do, right? Exactly. So the, why is learning mobility important? What impact can it have? It can change the world. I honestly believe this. It can change from the very, very local um, uh really disadvantaged, disengaged, disaffected young person, it can make a difference to them. And this is coming back to this thing about baseline and change. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about turning everybody into prime ministers of the future. We're talking that these different types of project formats, they can uh, open eyes, widen horizons, take people out of the comfort zone, add an intercultural element that people would never even consider before. They can take um, a young person who's never left their housing estate and um, help them understand that they can use public transport. They can travel. They can get a passport. They can talk to someone from somewhere else. They can stand up and explain something, maybe even in another language. They can take part in something that makes a difference and leaves behind from an, for another community. It leaves behind something useful and, and, and different that, that, I don't know, helps old ladies in Portugal or, or whatever it is, right? The, um, um, it's this belief in themselves and this um, possibility to um, grow, which is the whole thing about youth work, right? That's that's where the values of youth work and the approach of youth work, and this mobility thing, they're like so intertwined. It's developing young people with opportunities and with grants, which is great because there's programs that give you money for it. Well, apart from in the UK, but we'll leave that one aside. <laughs> <laughs> they will be, we're fighting for it. Um, so um, there's this possibility to get money to help do youth work. And the, the impact that mo mobility projects can have, um, I've heard quotes from all sorts of different youth workers that doing mobility projects is like a year's worth of youth work in a week. It's the support development oh, wow growth opportunities that the young people have, um, especially in a concentrated, challenging environment, can really change them. And um, yeah, like I said, it's not like making them from like homeless to uh, prime minister. It's that whatever that change is, whatever that margin is that they've improved, that's an impact. Um, and then the change they make because they've changed. Beautiful. So it's it's impactful and it's uh, accelerating, almost incubating. Now, and we start with these, with personal lives, and from the micro and direct level, we can grow to the meso and macro level, and in the sum of all the projects, reach a system change, maybe or structural yeah, change. Yeah. For service. So now we have our friendly neighborhood youth worker who's now killed by all the big words we used. <laughs> and the friendly neighborhood youth worker thinks, okay, 
I'm working in European learning mobilities. I'm planning a youth exchange or will receive a solidarity core volunteer or a language course or work in whatsoever. And yes, I want to have community impact or impact with it. What are some tips or tricks? What are some good practices when you want to make a difference? Anything that you had as findings also? What are some good practices for planning and reaching impact? Well, I'm loving a question like that because chapter six of our practical (laughs) impact guide gives you a whole long, lovely list um, of some ideas and inspiration that you can do. Obviously, you might have your own ones and that's fantastic. Um, If you needed a little bit of inspiration or to think, "Mm, how could I do a bit more of this or a bit more of that? Then we've got loads of it gathered all in a lovely Mm -hmm. long list. So some things could be... um, to uh, look at the connection to other people, um, looking at how to involve the different players and stakeholders and people in your resort, in your community, uh, making sure it's a two-way um, uh, win-win uh, relationship. So you're not just like using people or having them as a, as a tokenistic involvement, whatever. Um, uh, the definitely mutual learning is important there. Um, uh, thinking about the public spaces that are around and how to how to use them and and how to uh, uh, deliver events outside or or in other places. Um, uh, thinking about who's involved in your project and what different uh, competencies there are. Um, making sure that there is a way of involving other expertise, like always reaching out, thinking wider, um, connecting to other. Um, organizations or or different issues or needs that you could um, uh, collaborate with that it would be um, really important to make sure that um, the people that are involved in the project know that community impact for you is a priority and that you include that in your planning and in your conversations before the project happens so so yeah we're going to be going out and doing this for this reason and we want to make sure that these people involved for this reason and then afterwards what we're going to do is this for this reason um so make sure it's a long-term mm, planning uh-huh. process and um and make sure that participants are on board with that and that there's a shared ownership to do with it it's not it's not like a token thing that's added on yeah cross-sectorial um is really important as well um exchanging good practices and learning from others and and if you're focusing on social change there's a hell of a lot of other people out there that also do that and um they could be yeah some real um yeah meaningful relationships and social capital and and, yeah win-win connections with people another element that i would say is to um uh to think as i've um, kind of emphasized a little bit before about participatory research involving um, other well people that are directly involved in the project and others in giving feedback and qualitative so whether that's diaries whether it's impressions whether it's photos whether it's all different types of qualitative ways but involving people before during and after the project to give their um, impressions and observations so that you can use it um, other ways to do it is that you could have um, yeah, just some random ideas. For example, you could have round tables or forums um, involving experts. You could have presentations from different people. Um, you could think about who you share the results with or the final product of it. Who, who Think wider, right? Think um, more wider, different. And try to make that your kind of... Um, What's that word? Come on, it's my native language. I should be able to do this. Uh, <laughs> motto. There we go. Motto of your project. Um, and uh, thinking outside your own bubble. 
um, and what else could I tell you about? Other examples would be, um, I don't know, some uh, involving different parts of the geography or the local community in what you do. So treasure hunts and city tours and interviewing local people, doing street art, having cooking parties or street feasts, having um, uh, welcome parties with different types of groups involved in it. Um, having workshops in local schools or um, getting on the local TV or uh, um, that kind of thing. All sorts of different kinds of ideas. I've got loads in front of me and I'm not going to take up this whole podcast by listing them all. But there's all sorts of practical things you can do um, and loads of good tips and tricks that people have done themselves that you could build on. And then there's this kind of um, approach that would be important to, to keep in mind as you do your kind of project management steps before, during, and after. Great. Later, we'll ask you where to find all these resources. But before, I would like to ask you, um, apart from the do's, are there maybe also some don'ts? Are there some classic mistakes or things to avoid when we want to plan, design, and, and reach impact? Maybe not to go high, to go too high on expectations, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think... Um, it, it relates a little bit to this connection between impact and objectives, I think. And the whole, I'm sure people know about SMART objectives, right? Specific, measurable, achievable. What does the R&D stand for? <laughs> yeah, SMART. Realistic and timed. Thank you. <laughs> Those ones. Um, and the, um, uh, in, a, in a similar way, I think when you're working out what you want to achieve with your project, you, you're aiming for this intended impact, and that's what you're aiming to achieve. Unintended impact is also cool, as we said before, but your intended impact, what you're what you're aiming for, should be also a little bit smart. This this is the thing you're, you're going for. Connected to that, um, the change in any. I'm not an expert here, but I, I should make some like famous quote from some famous sociologist but the change which i don't have one but the the change in an individual in a person um almost definitely can't be attributed to one thing so as amazing as your youth work projects are and the fantastic hard work that you do day after day weekend after weekend and working at night do all those things that you do like building up the relationship and uh, creating a, a cool idea together with the young people and then making a difference in your community and that whole change that you see in those young people as they grow through the experience and maybe also with others from other countries and like with this learning mobility approach um it could also be that there's quite a lot of other influences um affecting that young person and the difference that that uh can be marked be between the before and after and it's absolutely fine for your project and your youth work to just be a contribution towards what's happening and it should and i should be quite explicit about this you do have to acknowledge that it's not only going to be that that makes the difference um but yeah the contribution is um uh, a really important aspect i've seen uh, and heard from some people in some projects that say i'm this project made this young person x y and z and it and it meant that they could then do abc like, okay yeah that's wonderful and i'm sure loads of the stuff they learned on the project was that but probably wasn't everything and uh, where can people find now more information more resources no there you said there's a practical guide there's practice collections tips and tricks there's tools you mentioned the impact tool i heard there's a q app so what what would you recommend as some places to look for more information 
The, the youth partnership between the Council of Europe and the European Commission. So this is like a unit of people that link things to do with youth work between the two big European institutions. They um, at the moment are hosting these visuals of the practical guide. And I can put the link uh, connected to the podcast down uh, there. And at the bottom of that page, there are seven different web links. It was made on the Canva, the online tool, and you can kind of click on it and go through. And it's got all the main visuals, which represent a um, uh, like a example community. And then all the main phrases to do with what is impact, what is community, what is uh uh, unintended impact mean what is meso level impact all that kind of stuff that's all visually explained on there and people can use that themselves as individuals uh, and or to then explain to others like in a facilitated way so there's these visuals available there is also the uh, impact tool which is hosted by the dutch national agency um and uh, again i would really encourage it it's really accessible and it's really um it's a great way to um pin your project management steps if you're developing any any kind of project really i mean it's made for learning mobility projects but you can use it for anything like steal it use it like that's what it's someone else has paid for it <laughs> go for it um so that's another really really good one connecting to the concept of impact and uh, um, what I what I know is that it helps also guiding questions. No, when you design and implement your project, for each stage you have a list of questions that orientate you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So it's a real step by step guidance thing. And um, uh, even if you're really experienced in doing projects and you've done like hundreds of them, it really helps you think mm. like, mm, mm, let me just reflect a bit more on that one. Um, so it's great for newcomers and it's great for like old comers or whatever they're called um and <laughs> old stayers old stayers yeah that's right um and the other thing is oh q app were you talking about the q app um yeah so this was also actually something that was inspired by the platform for learning mobility all these different stakeholders connected to learning mobility stuff and um this is a great resource for um considering all the quality aspects of a learning mobility project and it's got loads and loads in the same way like the that the impact tool has it's got provocative questions it's got um, ideas resources good experience good practice and it has links to like um, resources and products you can use and checklists and all sorts of stuff so um, the Q app which will also be on this podcast link um, is another one if you want to do learning mobility uh, projects it's also a tool that you can use um, in these days of covid you can use remotely with your partners to build a project step by step so you can actually write notes about particular projects and share it with your partners and stuff as you as you log in on your profile on it so it can be used for quite a few different reasons and it has a uh, quite a few sections that link to community impact because it's quite important community impact Final message. You've gone through all this huge process and I see how you're still passionate about it, but also still really thinking about some of the questions. What is a doubt you still have or something you still find challenging connected to impact and community impact in learning mobilities? Community impact is important. It's uh, with the... With the evolution of European programs and the focus, especially in the Solidarity Corps, bringing uh, a balance between personal learning and um, social impact, community impact um, in the projects, it's becoming more and more uh, 
politically recognized and it's more pushed for on a kind of managerial level and so there's all these kind of long words and we want to see it we want to do it but to make it happen what's really hard is um for youth workers and youth leaders whatever um on a grassroots level first to find time money and resources and second to then um to kind of throw themselves into becoming a researcher like to be able to measure change and to use some tools to show that impact and show that change and it's going to be a whole cultural shift i think and i'm still i mean i'm passionate about it i really believe in it and i'm still like only halfway through it thinking how am i going to do this and how's that going to work so it's it's going to be a bit of a struggle um but i'm hoping that because the policymakers and the level up there those people that sit up there um are kind of pushing for it i'm hoping that they're that there will be a bit of a sea change. There will be um, uh, a wave to ride. Um, and uh, hopefully we can all <laughs> join on our surfboards with it. Um, the um, Yeah, it's, it's coming and it's important, especially after COVID as well, with all the focus on community. It's coming. It's important. And overcoming that um, reticence and hesitation about academia um, and just making mm. it into something real and... Um, understandable, tangible, hopefully. I don't know if I answered your question. I just went on a ramble. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. And you were talking about getting academia, research, practice, and policy closer together. And this would actually have been my, my last question to you. What is your forecast and wish for the future of youth work? So you mentioned this cross-sectoral cooperation. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I would say that. I would say this kind of uh, things, well, apart from having more time and money to do real things uh, for, for youth work to be more recognised and for the impact of all those people out there on street corners being absolute heroes doing fantastic stuff, um, uh, making the small things happen and then for it to be recognised and for it to have this ripple effect on, on others um, who, who then encourage it and support it um in a wider way that that would be great and for me community impact is that bridge that's what it is it's making that connection between um youth work the impact and the effect of youth work and then having other people involved recognized on board and making it a wider thing thank you so much Susie. and sorry for torturing you with some of these <laughs> actually it was all right in the end it was all right in the end <laughs> thank you so much for, for joining us today and uh, let's hope that with this yeah, impact and community impact will be strengthened in the future <laughs> thank you let's keep fighting for what you called no? making the world a better place with youth work yeah exactly thanks Martin so this was our today's episode with Susie Nicodemi telling us about the practical guide for community impact we talked about the model behind impact the, the theory of change and this impact model where you have activities and leading to output to outcomes and then to impact impact at different level micro meso macro indirect level direct level intended impact unintended impact we also heard about some of the impact that was observed in learning mobility projects and practices that help us when we ourselves want to design and implement learning mobility projects in a way 
that they reach impact. Stay tuned for the further episodes. Gems of Youth Work is funded by the Erasmus Plus program of the European Commission with the support of the Estonian National Agency, 